Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Oh, Silver, Tonto had marked the trail earlier in the evening, so even though there was no moon, he was able to lead the Lone Ranger through the tangled hills and straight to the Box Canyon without any difficulty. They left their horses at the entrance of the canyon. Beyond the trees that masked the opening, they could see the embers of a campfire, and as they drew closer, they were able to make out two sleeping figures, two young men, one of them with a bandage around his head. Their gun belts were lying beside them. Tonto moved forward silently and picked them up. Good work, Tonto. Now we'll be able to talk. Tim, early. Uh-huh. What did look? Masked man, an Indian. Where's my gun? We have your gun. What are you going to do with this? Nothing. We merely want to talk. Well, Claus Curly, they found out what happened in town today, and now they figure me might want to join up with them. In a way, that's what we want. No, thanks, mister. 
We're cowpokes. We aim to keep on working for a living. We were just passing through town. We, we didn't want any trouble. We didn't start the fight. I know that. You were there? My friend here, Toto, was. Ah. Young fellas tell truth, Kimasali. Other two start fight, and other two go for guns first. The whole town saw that, evidently. You aren't wanted by the law. If you hadn't run away, you probably would have been treated as heroes. Oh, I don't get it. Tim and Curly Darrell. Before long, your names will be well known all through the West. Why? Because the men you killed were notorious outlaws. Ah, uh, them plenty bad. The one with the sandy mustache was Cap Wyatt. Huh? The other was Ben Erskine. Do you mean to say I outdrew Cap Wyatt? I'm not sure that you outdrew him. You shot straighter than he did. You only have a scalp wound. Cap Wyatt. Why, he's killed a dozen men. He's supposed to have the fastest draw in the West. And he went for his gun first. I outdrew him, Tim. And you outdrew Ben Erskine. Curly, would you like to have the same reputation as the man you killed? I'm no professional bad man. But you may be forced into being a professional gunman. Why? Because the story of how Cap Wyatt and Ben Erskine died will be told over and over around a thousand campfires. And whenever a man who's proud of his draw meets you, you'll be thinking, this is Curly Darrell. He outfought Cap Wyatt. I wonder if he could beat me to the draw. There are some men whose pride will force them to find out. Pick a fight with me? Exactly. Well, I can take care of myself. Do you want to be forced to do that time after time? Do you want to be forced to kill men? I don't. I can see how it might happen. I think I know who you are, mister. Do you? You called your Indian friend Tanto. Are you the Lone Ranger? Not right. Hey. And you've come here to help us, is that it? I have a word of advice. What is it? Well, now that you've become, or I should say are about to become famous as gunfighters, you'll find it hard to avoid fights. I'm suggesting that you fight on the side of the law. How? As a sheriff or a marshal. Me, a sheriff? Either of you could be elected sheriff of this county without any trouble. Or the United States government would be happy to hire either of you as a marshal. Well, I'm a cowpoke. But you'd make a good lawman. Uh, it doesn't appeal to me. I'll think it over. If you're wearing a badge, you'll not be the target for every would-be bad man who'd like to gain a reputation. And you'll be doing something for your country. Yes, think it over. I mean to, mister. Curly? Uh, I don't know. Well, that's all I have to say. Adios and good luck. Adios. Bye, mister. Adios. Tim took the Lone Ranger's advice. He settled down in Richmond County, and a year later he was elected sheriff by an overwhelming majority. He married and bought a small ranch near the county seat. But Curly drifted on, and Tim heard nothing of him for five years. And then one night, there was a knock at the door of the ranch house. Mm, late. I wonder who that can be. I do hope you're not being called out again tonight. Well, I'll soon find out. Curly! <laughs> Hello, you old horsey. Come in, come in. Claire, it's my brother, Curly. Oh? Curly, this is Claire, my wife. You couldn't have heard. I heard just recently. And you have my congratulations, brother. Hello, Claire. Hello, Curly. Welcome home. Oh, now that's a right hospitable thing to say. We mean it. This is your home. And hey, 
I can't spend enough time out here to supervise the range properly. How about you running it for me? Be my foreman. Curly, I'll make a deal. A salary against a share of the profits. You name the figure. And... I'll hold it, Tim. I'm only passing through. We'll see about that. Sit down and tell us all about yourself. <laughs> well, I have nothing to tell, but I hear you're the best sheriff Richmond County ever had. That's gospel truth. Yeah, I haven't been doing so well lately. Well, how's that? Rustling. A lot of it. Now I haven't found any trace of the rustlers yet. They're close to the border, you know, and once across the river, the cows are gone. But I don't want to talk about business tonight. Oh, I... I'm interested. Well, maybe you'd like to be one of my deputies. No, no, thanks. Remember that advice a certain mask man gave us? It was good advice for you, but not for me. Well, what have you been doing with yourself? You don't happen to have a wanted notice with my picture on it, do you? No. Well, <laughs> in that case, I'll talk freely. Tim, I wish you could have seen your face. Well, you don't really imagine that your brother could be an outlaw. No, no, not that. Only I'm remembering the masked man again. His warning. I promise you, Tim, there's no posse on my trail. Yeah, now let's talk about the ranch. How many acres do you have? How many head of cattle? Curly spent the night at the ranch, but the next day he insisted on moving into town. And to Tim and Claire's disappointment, they saw very little of him during the following week. But it wasn't until Tim discovered Curly was spending most of his time in the Last Chance Cafe that he became worried. One day he asked Curly to drop into his office. But when he had closed the door behind him, Sit down, Curly. <laughs> Sheriff, don't shoot. I didn't do it. You haven't been doing much of anything, have you? No. None of the crowd that hangs out at the last chance seems to do much of anything. Well, that's their privilege, isn't it? They spend money, Curly. I have to wonder where they get it. Wouldn't surprise me if those men had something to do with the rustling in this county. Well, Sheriff, all you have to do is get the evidence against them and lock them up. I know that. But why should you pick such characters for your friends? Tim, you pick your friends, I'll pick mine. Let's leave it at that, shall we? I may have to arrest your friends someday. I hope I don't have to arrest you with them. Hmm. <laughs> I hope not, Tim. I surely hope not. Tim wasn't the only person in town who worried about the company Curly kept. A respectable element openly regretted his behavior. And John Norton, the leading merchant in the county, was the most outspoken. He even spoke to Claire about it. <coughs> Claire, I'm presuming on a long friendship with you and Tim. I think he should do something about his brother. What about him? Well, it doesn't look well for our sheriff's brother to be associating with Riff Raff. I don't see what Tim can do about it. Well, he can speak to him. He already has, John. And Curly practically told him to mind his own business. Is that so? I'm afraid that... Afraid of what? Nothing. But you may be sure of this, John. If Curly does anything wrong, Tim will not show him any special consideration simply because Curly's his brother. Now, may I have my supplies? I'm in a hurry. I'll have everything loaded in your buckboard. It was that same afternoon that Lance Raymond sat down beside Curly at a corner table in The Last Chance. Howdy. Howdy. 
Say, Curly, has your brother said anything to you about the rustling in this county? No, we, uh, we don't have much to do with each other anymore. Well, do you have any ideas about it? The wrestling? Well, I happen to know Drigo has his bandit army camped in the hills across the river. How do you know that? I've been over there recently. <laughs> I wonder why. What do you mean by that? Now, don't get riled. You're among friends. Yeah. Here's a circular that dropped out of your pocket last night when you pulled out your bandana. Give me that. Sure. I'd advise you to tear it up. That picture doesn't do you justice anyway. So you looked at it, huh? Naturally. You don't have to worry. How much did you get out of the bank job? Not much. It's practically gone now. You might be able to use a little money. I've been thinking of ways and means. Drigo may be needing some more beef soon. Huh? He has plenty of gold. Are you in contact with Drigo? Indirectly. I'm told when he can use beef. I'm told where it should be delivered. How much for me? Dollar a head for every steer we get across the river. You'll pay 15 a head. That isn't much of a cut. It's a job that takes more than one man. Take it or leave it. Well, I... I'm nearly broke. Then we can count on you. Huh? The sooner the better. Well, I'll have to wait for the word. The word and the weather. You will have good weather tonight. Good weather for rustling, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like rain, doesn't it? The sky clouded over completely. By 7 o'clock that evening, it was already dark, and a few drops of rain were falling as Tonto rode into the woods on the edge of town. The lone ranger was waiting for him in the cover of the trees. We stay close to last chance cafe all afternoon. The window open. We see inside. Plenty good. Was Lance Raymond there? Uh, him talk with Curly Dare long time. I see. Anything else to report? No. Well, me follow Raymond when him leave last chance. Oh, where'd he go? Him go to mansion house. Eat supper in dining room. Go back to cafe. Well, we know there are half a dozen bandits camped in the far bank of the river. This will be a fine night for rustling. We can only wait and see what happens. Uh. On his return to the last chance after eating supper, Lance Raymond nodded to Curly, who joined him at a table in the rear of the cafe. It's all set. For tonight? Yeah. How did you get the word? That's my business. We'll meet in the woods outside of town at 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock. Right. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
to continue. After talking with Lance, Curly slipped out of the cafe and started toward the edge of town. An occasional streak of lightning flashed across the sky and thunder rumbled in the west. The rain was beginning to fall steadily. When he reached the woods, he stopped for a moment and looked back to make sure he wasn't being followed. Then he stepped into the leafy cover. A moment later, he was joined by the Lone Ranger and Tonto. We were hoping you'd be able to get out here. They've asked me to join them. Good. And it's to be tonight. Well, we thought it might be. A bandit's wedding on the other side of the river. Oh, Tonto. Uh -huh. I saw you following Lance when he left the cafe. Where did he go? For him go to mansion house, eat supper. And that's all? Then him go straight back to cafe. Well, the man we're looking for must have been in that dining room. It must have been there Lance was given word it'd be tonight. Did Lance talk with many men, Tonto? Uh-huh. Mr. X might be any one of them. We'll have to let them get away with the rustling they've planned. Because until the bandits pay off for the beef, Lance will have no reason for contacting his chief again. I may not be able to follow him after the cattle are delivered. I thought I would do that. Uh, good. There's only one thing I wish. Oh, what's that? That we could confide in Tim. You have your orders, Lieutenant. Yeah, I know. The general was explicit. We work alone until the identity of Mr. X has been positively established. But some rancher will lose 200 head of cattle tonight, and Tim will be blamed. The general couldn't ignore the possibility that some local authority might be involved. Oh, not Tim. How could he possibly be mixed up in the theft of 200 rifles from Fort Houston? You don't believe he could, and neither do I. Still, you have your orders. I know. And it isn't the cattle that are important, not tonight. The government will gladly pay back the ranchers for every head they lead us to Mr. X. But if Mr. X manages to deliver those rifles to Drigo, we're absolutely certain his bandits will raid every border town from here to Brownsville. I know, I know. Mr. X, someone in that dining room at the mansion house tonight. If only the undercover man we have with Drigo's forces could have identified him by name, even by appearance. Mr. X agreed to deliver both rifles and beef. That ties him in with the rustling. Lance is his lieutenant in charge of rustling operation. And Lance will lead us to him before the night's over. Uh, when do you start? We meet here at 10 o'clock. Todd and I will be keeping a close watch on the river. Here, Silver. Here, Scout. Adios. Mon Someone who had had supper in the mansion house dining room rode out to Tim's ranch that night, and the news he brought was startling. As sure as my name is John Norton, I'm telling you the truth. Lance Raymond. It doesn't surprise you, does it? No. Who was he talking to? I don't know. I didn't want to take a chance on turning around at that moment. and When I did, they're both gone. You're sure of the details? Absolutely. I heard him say 200 head to be taken from the Bar X range and to be driven across the river at Rocky Ford. I'll have 20 men waiting at the ford. Don't let any of them get away, Tim. Don't worry, we won't. Thanks, John. Thanks very much. The storm made the cattle spooky. But Lance Curley and the half-dozen outlaws who accompanied them had no trouble driving the herd over the low hills between the Bar X range and the river. But when the ford was reached, the steers refused to enter the water and the rustlers had their hands full. That was why it was possible for Tim and his posse to surprise them so completely. Curley, it's your brother. Make a break for it. Up with your hands, Lance, or I'll hit you full of lead. Oh, no, don't shoot. Oh, 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 oh,
That's better. You and all your men are under arrest. Jim, get their hands tied behind the backs. Right, Sheriff. Hey. What's the matter? Well, this one. It's your brother, Curly. He's no brother of mine. Tie his hands. Whatever you say, Sheriff. Tim, may I speak to you a moment alone? No. Whatever you have to say can be said to the judge. This is important. Something you should know. Oh, Curly, why? Why did you have to do it? All I ask is a chance to tell you. You came into this with your eyes open, mister. No crawling out of it now. That's true. You've been caught, and it isn't like you to crawl. Take it like a man. I'm not thinking of myself. Let's go, man. Now, wait. I saw him when the lightning flashed. They're heading this way. You've got to wait for him. Wait for whom? I saw him too, Sheriff. An Indian. And a masked man on a big white horse. More outlaws ready with your guns. Tim, didn't you hear what he called his horse? Silver. Lone Ranger. Tell your men to hold the fire. Hold your fire, men. Man's wearing a mask, Sheriff. I saw it clear as day. So did I, just now. That man is a Lone Ranger. Well, Curly, your career as a rustler didn't last long. I haven't had a chance to explain to Tim. You may tell him anything you want to now. We've found Mr. X. You have? Where? Hal and I were riding along the riverbank. We saw a squad of bandits crossing over. They were leading pack mules. We followed them, and they led us straight to Mr. X. Where? About five miles from here, in the valley north of the river. They're just beginning to load the rifles on the mules. We must stop and capture them. Wait a minute. What's all this about? Bandits, mules, rifles, Mr. X. We need your help, Tim. There isn't time to explain. Will you put your trust in me? Of course, I'll do that any day. Then assign six of your men to guard these prisoners and take them to jail. Follow me with the rest of your posse. Jim, take charge of the prisoners. Pick out five men to help you. All right, sir. The rest of you, follow the masked men. Hold it, I'm coming along too. Uh, me cut your rope. Yeah, right, Not so fast, Tarno. He was caught red-handed rustling. I can't set him free just because he's my brother. You're setting him free because he's a representative of the United States government. The United States government? Lieutenant Curly Darrell. Of United States Army Intelligence. What? Surprised him. I will tell you all about it later. Let's go. With the Lone Ranger and Tonto in the lead, the posse charged downstream along the riverbank. They rode hard as the storm lashed at them. When they had covered a little more than four miles, the Lone Ranger swung away from the river and into the hills. Another mile, and he raised his arm in a signal to stop. Now, Toto, ride up to the top of the hill and see if they're still loading the rifles. Uh-huh. Get them up, Scout. Now we can take a moment to rest our horses and answer any questions you have, Tim. I don't know where to start. Suppose you tell him the whole story, Lieutenant. Lieutenant Curly Darrell. Yeah, that's the name and rank. I don't get it. Now, look, Tim. You've heard of the bandit called Drigo. Yeah. Well, he and his men, about a thousand of them, camped across the river. An army? Yeah, almost. We've been keeping track of all Drigo's movements because we've been afraid he might try to raid some of the border towns. We have an agent who keeps us informed. Yeah? And word came from him about a month ago that a mysterious Mr. X had agreed to supply Drigo with beef and rifles. Well, just about a month ago, the rustling started. Yeah, that made us link Mr. X with your county. At the same time, 200 rifles disappeared from the arsenal at Fort Houston. Well, that's a long way from here. But we figured that if Mr. X were responsible and meant to sell them to Drigo, that they'd have to be brought here for delivery. So I was ordered to find Mr. X and the rifles. The general asked the Lone Ranger in town to help. Why didn't you tell me this when you arrived? Orders, Tim. We were to work undercover and suspect everyone. And you became friendly with Lance Raymond because... Because I was convinced he had something to do with the rustling. 
That meant he had something to do with Mr. X. And we hope to find Mr. X through him. We expected to follow Lance after the raid tonight. And I ruined everything by capturing the whole gang. It would have been too late to stop the rifles if the Lone Ranger and Tano hadn't spotted those bandits and the mules. But now you've found Mr. X. Yes, he's in the next valley. Who is he? The man who owns the biggest store in town. His name is John Norton. Why, that's impossible. Otto and I were close enough to make sure. We saw him once with a light from a lantern full on his face. But John Norton? Why, oh, it was John Norton who warned me that Lance Raymond was a rustler, that he'd be driving a herd of steers across the river at Rocky Ford. Tonight, Norton rode out to my ranch in all this rain. Why'd he do a thing like that if he were Mr. X? I can make a good guess, Tim. Oh, why? He wanted you and all your deputies a long way from this valley. That's it. It was to get you out of the way, Tim. And he didn't mind sacrificing his hard hands to do it. Oh, here comes Toto. Most got home, fella. Tim is hubby. Yes. Mule train almost ready to start. So are we. Well, let's go, men. Another round up. Come on, sit away. Oh, oh. The capture of Grigo's bandits was no roundup, however. There were 15 men who rode with the Lone Ranger into the valley. There were only 10 outlaws, but they had the precious rifles in their possession, and they meant to fight for them and fight to a finish. The posse was forced to dismount and take cover. Oh, no, the bandits found cover too, and their guns barked defiance as the thunder crashed and lightning cut across the sky. The issue remained in doubt for over an hour, and the decision might have been different if Norton's contraband had included ammunition as well as rifles. But finally, with half the outlaws wounded, the remainder fired their last rounds. Then they had no choice but to surrender. The moon broke through the clouds as the posse closed in, and Curly realized John Norton was not among the prisoners. Tonto, he got away. Uh, maybe not. Lone Ranger, see him go. And the masked man went after him? Uh, but if he managed to get across the river into Drigo's camp... Do what... not worry about that. Mask friend, come back now. It is. It's a Lone Ranger. And he's bringing Norton with him. A prisoner. The prisoners safely locked in the county jail, there was a celebration at the Darrell Ranch, and Claire cooked breakfast as Tim and Curly recounted the events of the evening. Well, there's one thing I still don't understand, Curly. What's that, Tim? When I left the jail, Lance was still insisting that you were wanted for a bank robbery in California. <laughs> he said he'd seen the wanted notice. <laughs> he did. Tonto had it printed for me in Collinsville. And I let it drop from my pocket where Lance could pick it up. Ah, that was to convince him you were a crook. Well, thank heavens you aren't. I might have been, Claire. Never. Yeah, once. But it hadn't been for some good advice Tim and I received. Well, you said it was good advice for me, but not for you. I know. And yet, try as I might, I couldn't help remembering the man who gave us the advice. I couldn't help wanting to, well... To be like the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Thank uh-huh.